Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host Craig Carlisle. Yep, continuing on with our series, Political Party. You know what's funny is, for me, fear's been something in my life that I've battled for, man, probably since I was like seven. I'm 51, so that's like 44 years of wrestling and battling with the same thing. But I've, I've come to know that when there's something I'm supposed to do, I know it. I feel it. I, I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. I feel him, hear him talking in my right ear. So I know that it's something from him. And when it's something that makes me nervous or I'm afraid to that I won't be performing well for people or I won't be able to bring that that cool fancy word from this the easy softball word of God to people. I start to get a little nervous and a little fearful, wondering, you know what? I wonder if people are really going to listen. I wonder if anybody's going to really hear. I wonder if I should really do it. And I start hearing that 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 seat of doubt, the voice of doubt in my left ear, and I know that's from the enemy. <clears throat> so even with recording this series, political party, I'm like, ah. I'm not a politician, I'm not a political dude, I'm not that one, you know, in fact, which was, no, what's funny was, I think it was back in, somewhere in 2000, I don't know, but somewhere between 2002 and 2004, I believe, 2005, we were still living in our home in Marietta, and our, our, our oldest son at that time was going to a private school, a church school, and one of the, one of the people who were a parent yeah, no, I don't think it was a parent. But anyway, someone was really affiliated with the school. I'll say it that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got to keep the names, you know, hidden to protect the innocent, right? So he was a state assemblyman. And so the gentleman approached me and he says, hey, you should become a member of the Republican Party. You should, you know, run for office locally and then work your way up and eventually get to Washington. And I'm thinking... Like, dude, you, have you looked at me? Do, do you understand who I am? You want me to join the Republican, Republican Party? You you serious right now? My family had been traditionally, historically, ritualistically Democrat just because we were black. My parents used to always say, whenever we, in fact, my mom specifically, whenever we had a Republican in office as a president, she used to say, oh, the old people will be where eating dog food during this time I was like ooh that's pretty serious when you start thinking about you know they were you know at some point going to become that age and I would you know I always thought I'd never become that age to be considered an old person but my kids seem to remind me of how old I am with every opportunity that they have and when the Democrats would get into office as the president they'd always say oh well the economy's going to be rolling again we're going to be you know Expected to have high gas prices. Republicans will be, you know, fuel shortages and, you know, people will be looking for jobs. And I thought, wow, what a, what a sad commentary if that's all we can think about is if one party is in office or another. And this episode, this is week two of the series I'm doing, Political Party. This one's called Political Agenda. And it's not, and again, please, we're not going to spend any time talking about what the highlights are from each party. If you're going to vote one presidential candidate or another presidential candidate, if you're going to vote another, and 
I'm not talking about. I need to, to really spend some time with hearing for what God wants us to know about the issue. How does the Lord want you to vote? How does the Lord want you to move? How how does the Lord want you to seek Him in all of this? And and like we talked about on the on the last week episode, it was called "What Really Matters." We dealt with the fact that the, you know, the electoral college is the one that actually elects the president. So we can jump up and down. Well, maybe you should say they jump up and down. You can step off that soapbox. You can stop posting all your fancy things. You can stop, you know, with your, you know, political preference and your Zoom backgrounds or your bumper stickers because you're just feeding into the narrative. You're just spending, putting money into the pockets of the politicians who are career politicians in so many cases. And so many cases, the politicians have never been on the ground where we are. No disrespect to anyone at all. Not trying to say that a, a politician doesn't know what it is to have a common person's job to work in fast food, to work with their hands, to actually become short on money and understand what it is to actually be one person or another. But I just needed to make sure I'm understanding what God wanted us to do as people because the, the, one of the two main places, like we spoke last week, again, this is this series is going to be building upon building of of one week to the other so we're going to reinforce the same thing so in case you missed last week's episode you don't you know for this part you don't have to go back but i encourage you too to get the foundation that, that i set last week but but here the two main places where we're most divided is in church and along the political lines and it's unfortunate that we could be in a church and be divided even right now now, of course, 2020 is an election season. It's coming up, you know, very shortly. And there's all of the political, you know, the, the parties have already had their conventions. And we've already been seeing more and more bumper stickers and more and more ads. And I'm so-and-so and I, am, you know, I approve this message. And, well, I'm Craig Carlisle and I approve this message. Why well, should I approve it? Because I'm the one recording and I'm the one paying. For it. And, and again, those who don't like what I'm saying on the Racing Men Show, that's fine. I, I don't, you don't need to call the station and have me taken off. I, I pay to be on. And, and, and the really cool thing about it is I have my own server now too. So I'll be able to produce my own and broadcast my own from home. So you won't have to worry about contacting the, the provider or anything to have my content taken down. This is what the Lord has given me to say. This is what I believe the Lord has given me to share with people to understand where he wants us to be with because the word is that I've got to prepare, we've got to prepare the world of people for God's return, for Christ's return. And if we're not speaking the truth, if we're not seeking out the truth, then we're never going to be free. Doesn't matter what culture you come from, it's only one race of human beings. It's now been broken up into different cultures. And I'd spend a lot of time dealing with the Tower of Babylon. And we're going to go through that in a little bit. But but we need to understand that we we are one, whether or not we want to believe it, whether or not we're still harboring grudges or hurts and pains from one or another group that have done something to or prevented you from being able to do something or however you want to think of it, we're one. We're children of the Most High God. We were created after Him in, in His own image. We go back as far farther than the whole Adam and Eve story. We go into heaven where we were all with God. When God said that, let us create man in our own image, in our image shall we create them. And those of you who are, you know, become sexist, you think word man being 
just the masculine term, but it's it's the term of of genetic styling the man and woman, male and female. We should create them, and we'll put them into a space and that will be considered where God created. He he, he created the landmass, the, the the earth itself, and then he created separated the earth from the sky, and then he separated you know day from night, and he put water from the land, and made sure there was a barrier, and he put animals around all over the ground and the water and the air, and then he put man in there. And it was good. But it's not good anymore. Because so many of us, we don't understand each other. We don't spend any time getting to know each other. It's really not like it was back in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s when we didn't have garage door when you had to pull up in front of your driveway or pull up on your farm depending on where you were garage door openers I think were one of the single greatest negative impacts to the community if you had a garage I'm a kid of suburbs so that's this this example the Lord gives me because that's where I'm from I'm not from the city I'm not I didn't grow up in the downtown area so I had a garage but I know our life changed when we from the time when we had a didn't have a garage door opener to the time that we did when we didn't have one my parents had to park the car and when we wanted to bring the car inside the garage we had to pull you know back a little ways because the garage doors we used to open and swing out towards the driveway they didn't have the fancy roll-up doors like we have now and so you know one of the older kids myself or my brother he was much older than me at the time well, still older than me, but anyway, the older kids, the stronger ones, had to go in and use the key that was usually on a separate ring, and God forbid it'd be raining, and you out there and lock the, the lock on the garage door, or the exterior of the door, and you either raise it up and make sure it didn't slam on the top and stay dry, or if you were the single driver trying to do it and bring your car inside, you, you had to spend some time doing it. But on a sunny day, you usually would see your neighbor on either side of your property cutting their yard or putting their grass or manicure in the yard or doing something out there to make it presentable. And we would wave and would say, hey, and you call them by their first name or whatever you they were, you know, wanted you to call them. And, and likewise, they would, you would have a conversation. Hey, how are so-and-so doing? And we, we would know what everybody was about. We would know probably three or four houses away or four or five blocks away in some cases who was living in such and such a house. And if so-and-so was sick or how was your great aunt Lucy doing? And when they come to town, tell them that, that so-and-so said hello. And they would know who the so-and-so was because we were more of a community then. We we knew we had an understanding of of who we were and who our neighbors were. Who who was our property line touching and what were they all about? Either I really liked you because you were you, <clears throat> or I didn't couldn't stand you because you were you were you. But it didn't have as much to do with a question mark as to wondering who we were and what we were all about because we spent time investing in each other, investing in in who each other were. We had a common language then, and our yes was yes, and our no was no. We we had something about each other that either made each other happy or sad. We knew what was going on. We had an understanding, a foundation there. Modern day times, since the advent of the garage door opener, we would pull up and we would press the button and the garage would go up, the door would go up on its own, and we would drive in and we would close it before anybody had the time to say anything. Now, if you had a bigger car, 
or truck or something didn't quite fit all the way in comfortably, you would have to leave it open long enough for you to walk around the backside so that you could close it and make sure your vehicle was all the way in and you were in the house before anybody could see you, before you had a time for that person down there to say hi, or before you could really let somebody get to know who you were. Heaven forbid someone would knock upon the front door and you go, who in the world is that? I didn't ask for you to come. I didn't say you could come. You didn't text me. You didn't call me. Heaven forbid somebody call. Actually use their voice. Even though this is the Jewish year of the voice. Breath of God. Ruah. R-U-A-H. Breath of God. But heaven forbid we would allow someone to hear our voice, to see our face, and actually get a chance to know who we are. Maybe that's more of the problem. Maybe we don't know who we are. Maybe we don't understand who we are. So that's why our agendas are so odd. We, we want people to believe that we're some kind of way. When someone comes to the door now that I don't, that's not been invited, I get concerned. I'm like, is this a bill collector? Is this someone coming to actually do something? Is this someone to sell me something? Because not so many door-to-door salesmen, at least not in my area anymore. Not really sure in all cases how safe it is. In fact, the, the most recent solicitor that came, or someone coming to quote unquote, not sell me something, but present something to me, request something from me, was the U.S. Census Bureau person. And I really felt for that person because if that person's job, meaning that's a single person, he'll never make it to every person in the, you know, at least the continental United States before the census time is done. <clears throat> But if his job or her job, if their job were to go door to door knocking, whether it be suburban America or inner city America, it's an unsafe place in certain cases. You got to worry about COVID 19, 20, 25, or 12 or 14, depending which one you happen to look at or think about it. You have to worry about the community itself and who's answering the door. Who, who's at home now wanting to hear from me? Or am I disturbing class? Have I found a crack house? Have I found a, a place where a drunk lives? Have I found a place where a person is just not having a wonderful day? On the other side of that door, who are they going to find? Because there's no people really outside doing their yards much anymore that are willing to speak. I, I, when, I, when I walk in the morning... Well, we'll we'll come back to that in a second. But the the Census Bureau person came. And I answered the door, and this this gentleman made sure he had all of the appropriate census attire on so he wouldn't have been confused with anyone else. And I was like, what can I do for you, sir? And they were like, oh, yes, this is, you know, with the Census Bureau. I don't know if you've sent your census information, and this is once every 10 years, and it's very important information. And he gave me, he gave me the elevator speech, thank God, because I didn't want to hear about anything else. I really wanted to to get back to my day, work from home. And I wanted to get back to that work, even though I don't care for that work, but I had to get back to doing it. But the person identified who they were and why they were there, and they wanted to make sure that I understood the the need and the importance of why they were there. Their political agenda was not one from a party or another, but their political agenda was to make sure that 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 whoever lived here was represented, that whatever whatever cultural background you were from, I was from, was represented in the census. We'll be right back. This is the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlyle. We're going to talk more about political party. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you really want to party with me, you got it. 
This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to live and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and both Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to the Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY, we're back to the Raising Men show, and that was my youngest son, Jackson. I need to have him redo his bumpers because his voice is not that little crackly little kid voice anymore. He's kind of deep raspy, kind of a deeper raspy voice now. Trying to get older, trying to find his way to my to his dad. That's all. That's awesome. But as I was finishing the story about the census person from our first segment, when he was you know at the house making sure that their agenda was satisfied, he made sure that I knew that I could yes go ahead and fill out the census and send my information across electronically, or I can just take a few moments while he filled in my answers so I would not have to worry about doing it. So I went ahead and I did it. I followed his instructions and I felt safe enough to be able to allow that agenda to be served and satisfied. But as we go on and and I started thinking more about where we are with this political season. And and this is all over the place. I mean, every bit of news, everything on social media, it's vote for me, vote for them, vote for him, vote for her, vote for this, vote for that, vote, 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 vote. And I, I, again, I advocate voter registration. If you, if you need a place to find a vote, you can go online and just type in the word vote. It'll take you to a variety of places to vote. And again, like I said, in the first week's show, and I'll say, you know, I always encourage people, if you want to talk about it, come on the show. If you want to talk about it, contact me on social media at the Raising Men Show or even just at Raising Men. We're on social media. You can do at Craig Carlisle if you like. It's We're on social media loud enough where you can find a way to contact me. And you can, if worst case, you're listening to WKBY 1080 AM, you can contact the station. And how do I get a hold of that crazy DJ that you have on that Raising Men guy? How do I get a hold of him? That's no problem. We, we can talk about it. it, it it's, it's been a long time. It, we need to have these conversations, but it is true that we need to have conversations. I, I've been on this, this rant and this rampage, so here we go. I'm on the soapbox again, where we as people, we used, to be, we used to be able to talk to each other. We used to be able to communicate, and I was really on this thing about the Tower of Babel because I, I, I was like, man, Lord, I mean, there was a point where people were arm in arm, side by side. They had, they had one language, or said they, we had one language. We were working together. We decided to do something in common. We wanted to work together. We wanted to get it, you know, a common product or project accomplished. And, and initially, I thought, oh man, that's awesome to be able to say that we work together, that it is possible because it's, 
The media wants you to believe, wants us all to believe that it's not possible right now. That blacks should be with the blacks, the whites should be with the whites, the Filipinos and the Mexicans and the whatevers and the whatevers the, should be the separate. I'm sorry, will be separated from each other, but be in their own community, speak in their own language and be over with the, every family, every tribe with their own kind. And that some of the most racist organizations, they want us to believe that we're supposed to be in those areas. And that's the political agenda to keep us separated, to keep us in our own pockets and holes and, and places where we should be separated. But if that's the case, then that we should that our pocket of separation should be together because we were created after God. We were created in God's image. And in his image, we were created male and female. So if we were together, we, we're the same, we have the same creation, creator, creator and father, the same genealogical start, then why can't we finish together? So I, was, I started to do some research. I talked to a friend of mine and I was like, yo, Tower of Babel, I talked to several different friends, you know, Talked to my 16-year-old, well, he's 17 now, Canaan, and we talked about the Tower of Babel and how the people worked together to create a tower to meet God. And I just thought it was fascinating, not that I want to go build a tower, and I, I was just fascinated by how massive it would have been, how high it would have been, to have gotten to a point where whatever they built, structurally or architecturally, that it got God's attention. And I was initially, again, I don't, I don't mind to ever profess that I can make mistakes and have a wrong philosophy or thought about a, about a topic, but I was, I had to let you know where I was at because I just can't believe that we can't work together. We can't understand each other anymore. I just, I have a hard time with that because even if it is with the fall of man, how when, when Adam ate from the tree, he ate the meal his wife prepared and she prepared that meal from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The, the curse that God set upon them was that was not the fact that you would become cursed when she ate from the fruit, but it was Adam. When, when you eat from that fruit, you will be, you will know who you are and then you will die. So after he ate from it, sin entered the, entered the world. But at this moment in history, this is in, in the history of sin, this is about the second millennium. We're trying to figure out what happened here. And if you're following along, well, this is Genesis 11 verses 1 through 9 is where we're in. And I've spent a lot of time using the uh, Lagos Bible study. So I'm, I, I've been reading a lot about this. And, and when you read in chapter 11, verses 1 through 9 in the text, and then you go back to, you know, chapters 10, it, it it's out of order in the way Genesis actually is. It does more of a thematic layout of, of life. It kind of deals with the creation and then the kind of foundation assembly of, of people and tribes and things like that and kingdoms. And then they deal, come back with this great story of Tower of Babel in chapter 11, which of course should have preceded chapter 10 when you're talking about the story. But whatever, it is what it is. It's chapter 11, verses 11, sorry, verses one through nine. And it deals with the fact that there was one language and everyone, and it was, everyone knew each other's words means we can understand each other. 
And I was real fascinated with that because I'm into the continental drift theory as well as because if there was one land, there was one earth, if God created it all in one space and separated the water from the earth, I mean, or water from the, yeah, water from the earth and then the air from the, the sky from the earth. And we were at one at one point. And obviously in the Garden of Eden, there was one and there was no need to have separation amongst us. And and I get it. And, and I was reading in the, in fact, let me find it. When I was reading in the commentary about it, there was they were giving, they made a point to talk about three different sins. And I'll get that, I'll save that for later. But it was dealing from the fact that we were originally told in to go and populate and subdue the earth. Go, keep going. But the people of this region, they stopped and they decided to to disobey God and, the, and to be able to just congregate in this area to make a name for themselves and i was like oh is that that's kind of kind of raw I, I was i was excited from the standpoint that they were able to work together but at the same time that was a sin because they weren't supposed to stop the earth hadn't have been we had not been subdued at that point we we all had not made it to our respective areas yet we we were still on our way. The earth was still so new. Man was still so new. We were still in the process of, of working, of doing, of going along where the Lord told us to go. And I thought, hmm, that's, yeah. The sins of the tower, the sins of the people. The first sin, oh, I must go there now. That's when the Lord has me. So the first sin was disobedience. Though we were able to speak together, though we were able to work together side by side, though we were able to make this tower to reach God, we were disobedient even then. Because God told us to go in Genesis 1, 28 and verse again in verse chapter 9, 1 and 7, verses 1 and verse 7, the Lord told everyone to go and subdue the land, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And in this early stage of man, at this particular verse 11, sorry, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9 in the Tower of Babel, they, they weren't supposed to do that. So the second sin that the commentary talks about was discontentment of the people, how the people were dissatisfied because of the creatures they were. And so they decided to build a temple and build a tower to reach God and to be like the gods and, and to move and, and do. And I thought, ooh, even though we were able to speak and understand each other, we were the the agenda that we had at that time was to to stay where we were, where, stay where they were, and build a God. And what's interesting too in the research, and we'll get to the third part. I won't skip it. In the research, the word for Babel there in the Hebrew is a word that means gate of heaven, or door of heaven. It's not Babel in terms of being of confusion. It's the words were changed, and more of a. I don't want to say in more of a sarcastic way. Some of the roots of the words are similar, and, they, and they're spelled relatively similar, but the words are different. Bauer, Babel initially meant gate of heaven, door to heaven. The connotation later, as if as when the Lord came in and changed the language, added confusion to them and separated them, scattered them around the earth, around the world. The connotation of Babel then, the word there is confusion, yes. 
So the word Babel was then from its true definition, its true definition was replaced with a sarcastic definition in the, the, the circumstance by which it happened to them because they were disobedient by building this tower. So we have to understand even though what this tower actually even was. And if you go back in the history, if you look at what a pyramid is and what a pyramid does, and this is actually, in the reading, this is actually what's a platform or step pyramid. So let's not get these confused with the flatter pyramids that you see that are still in Egypt standing right now with the with the gold tops that have been removed and with the sphinx sits. This is not those type of towers. These are more like the Mayan temples that you're finding in South America that were had stages and plates where a layer was built and then a smaller layer or smaller section, you know, mathematically was on top and then an even smaller section. So to the got to the top portion where there was a, actually a temple built at the very top of it where in their mind, their deity or their God actually lived in that space. So in, in this particular region and particular time period where this was just one earth, one piece of continuous land with all these people, there were no mountains according to history in this first and second millennium, third, fourth millennium. There were no mountains. And so the these temples, these burial places were... Um, they were built in the name of their deity or their king or whatever God that king was worshiping in that honor in an effort to to have this mountain, this temple, to actually be where the land or the ground is where they was built, in this case, the Shinar, uh, where this was started, where the temple touched the earth. And the top of the temple was going to represent the, the place in the sky where the, they could get it as high as they could. And in this height, this temple was going to be there that represented the highest place that they could get to meet their God. Maybe their God would come and dwell and live in this place. And I was fixated on the fact that we worked together. We understood enough. We had a common goal well enough to get this done. But the reality is that the Lord saw their intent. He saw their agenda. And when he identified that, that their political agenda for the people of this region, for the people on the earth that were working together at this moment, was to become a God, to, to even what the third point talks about, their sin was pride, that they declared that they wanted to make a name for themselves instead of the name of their creator. God says, I got to step in here. When we come back, we're going to come and talk about this topic more. We're going to continue to talk about political agendas and in, in, in the churches and in our lives. Can you listen to the Raising Men Show? We're talking about a serious political party. Week two, this was Political Agenda. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951 
757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carla, on WKBY 1080 We're back. Segment three. We're talking about political agendas. This is, of course, in the series that we're dealing with right now called Political Party. Week one, we dealt with um, what, it, you know, what really matters. Questions asking ourselves, what really matters? Is it is it a, a, a color thing? Is it really a black or white thing to use a hip-hop lyrics from back in the day? Or is it matter what God says? This we're talking about, this week we're talking about political agenda. What is What aspect do we want people to believe in what we're talking about? Because that's what it's all about right now is that one big political agenda because when you deal with people to try to persuade them into your side, your view, your thought of the whole process of your agenda, your thought, your motivation, that it's all predicated upon what is important to you. And usually we, our friendship bases and the people who we're, you know, very close with are have a similar view, not same, but at least it's a mindset that you think that you can deal with and spend some time with. I love the way they think. I love the way I think we, we work together. We, we have a similar a continuity about ourselves. And so that becomes an agenda itself is that our political agenda is to find people that are like-minded, find people that are, are like us, find people who, that we can spend some time with, find the people who are genuine, people who have our back, so to speak, right? But when we're dealing with this now in the era of, of an election year, some of the people that I find that have my back or I thought have my back, you've got an awful interesting philosophy about the the party you're aligning yourself with, or the candidate you're aligning yourself with, and there's such passion behind it, and it's and it's really true in so many cases where it really doesn't matter who's in presidential power because the con- the Congress they run everything. The person who's the the commander in chief is just a figurehead; it's a face, right? You want to like I'm a sports person, right? So. Who's the face of the franchise? It's the commander-in-chief. Now, you can always tell whoever the face of the franchise is. Are they outspoken? Are they dynamic? Are they not? Are they easy to get along with? Are they uh, a bridge builder? Are they a bridge burner? It's all going to help your franchise do something. Is, is their background you know, negative? Are their background positive? Are they clean cut? Are they not clean cut? they have long hair, short hair? It, it, does it really matter what they look like? And for some, it does. Does, there, does the face of the franchise look like you? Does the face of the franchise look like me or her or him or, or whatever it is that it's all mashed up? And, and it's going to, the value of what that view of yourself is, and it, it has a great, what do you say? It has a lot to do with your belief in what God is. So if we'd spend our time looking at who God is, then it's not going to matter who's in political power because we need to understand who's in spiritual power. Who actually runs this thing? 
God actually runs this thing. And so I found myself then, okay, God, what are we, what are we saying about the political party system? Because every party's got an agenda. Every, every party wants you to swing and sway their way. They, they want to be able to use your, th- your thoughts of what you think is good, whether it's black lives matter, yellow lives matter, blue lives matter, blue lives, pink, yellow, rainbow, whatever it is, whatever lives that matter to you, which they all matter. But whatever's the hot button for you, these parties are going to use the leverage either to separate you from the masses to, to water down the quote-unquote vote or to separate you from your family or just to get you onto their side, to kind of pull you over into their group, their group think philosophy. And instead of spending the time asking the Lord, Lord, Lord what are, I need these values and views to be of you. I need these values and views to represent my house. I, I, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I need to find a candidate and some views and some, some laws and some bylaws where really represent Christ and not something I need to, to polarize and, 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 and segregate myself from my fellow man. Because we talked about that even last week when we were reading the scriptures. Um, to, to, we were in Titus 3.9. It says, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and, wor- and worthless. And we're talking about controversies. What about so-and-so's past and what they think they believe in? Genealogies, where are they from? Who are they from? What cultural background do they represent or don't represent? Is it like mine? Is it like theirs? And you know how those people are. And you don't need to be like me. You need to be like us. That doesn't do anything because if you get right down to the true genealogy, we all go back to Christ, which means we're all good. Now, how we choose to live our life and use our free will is totally our sin. But if it causes a quarrel and a dissension in the church and in the body, that's a sin. That's a problem. Because the word also says to be angry and sin not. And so if you're spending more time being angry about a political view, about a politician and how I'm going to, how I'm going to vote or how I'm not going to vote, and how would you think and how you don't think and what you put on your Zoom background or your bumper sticker on your car for the last 8 or 12 years ago who, or versus the next 4 years or 8 years, whatever it turns out to be, that's a problem. The word also says if my eye offends my brother, I should pluck it out. Some of us have, have, got, have offended so many people and so many of our brothers that we should be blind today because we can't see the damage we've done to people. Making people feel afraid because, hmm, if you like that political person, that must mean that you're this way. We could have been best friends and we could have grown up together. We could have shared life together. And all of a sudden, you find out that I, I prefer ex-political party and you before why political party now all of a sudden we're like the Hatfields and McCoy's we can't get along creating quarrels and dissension that's absolutely worthless whatever happened to when Jesus would come to town the Sadducees and the Pharisees they were doing the same exact thing sowing seeds of discord amongst the people to separate them to make Jesus out to be a criminal to make believing in God to be a crime, to make believing in the, the way, the truth, and the life to be a problem. Versus right now, we're making politics a religion. When instead, all Christ wanted was a relationship. So let's talk about the political parties. I'm not trying to sway and say, hey, you should be one or the other, or maybe I should be one or the other. No, no, no. If we're talking about, if I had to choose one, and the truth right now, you you, you got to pick the, the least of all possible evils. 
which which political party or which candidate is going to do for me, in my estimation, my prayer, my guess, my coin flip, to do the least amount of damage to me and my belief system? Because the truth, again, it's all based on Congress. And it's all, unfortunately, all based on well, these, uh, not to say focus groups, but those who are, who have the money to, to influence their vote, get them to swing towards their ideas. Those who have political, who have financial power, have political power. Because of these focus groups and interest groups, special interest groups, that's the word I'm looking for, thank you, Lord. These special interest groups can pay enough money to get the congressional officials to advocate on their behalf, then it's going to turn that way. So what we need to be praying for is our leadership. Yes, I mean, and people say, oh, I'm not going to pray for him or her who's in office because I don't believe in them. That's fine. You're not supposed to believe in them because they're idols. If you're believing in them, you're supposed to believe in God because God is the is is over all and above all. So we need to be praying for for the Lord. And then we even dealt with that scripture just last week as well. And we talked about how this scripture was actually used in, in so often to keep slaves in play was in was romans 13 1 to 7 where in in these modern times even right now it's such a crooked play on on capitol hill that we have to pray that the lord do his thing but we can't use romans 13 1 to 7 as the play for us to keep him to become docile and swear that these people are from god he may have been allowing these people to be elected because at the moment it has nothing to do with our salvation Romans 13, 1 through 7, let's go for that again to make sure we understand. It gets a little recap and refresher. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. So we already have safety in that right there. So there's no governing authority except from God. So God has got us handled and covered. No matter who these people may think they are, no matter who's in office, we're good. And then those that exist have been instituted by God. Well, in this case here, you can kind of go, man, is this current leadership instituted by God? Well, you know what? The, the, the Lord put them in, allowed them to be in there for a reason, whether it allowed us to become more, uh, what do you call it, more faithful, more closer to God because we're praying for them to come out or get in or whatever. In any case, they were in there for a reason. There's a reason why our leader is who they are. Continuing on, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists that God has appointed and uh, resists who God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to, con- to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is an authority? Then do what is good. Comply, right? Stop resisting, but to bad. What would you have no fear of the one who was an authority, but then do good? Hmm. We already know that a lot of our leadership, a lot of our neighbors, a lot of ourselves, a lot of our family members, and even ourselves are in con- a direct, direct contradiction of this set of verses. So we can't think that, oh yeah, God put, us, put them there and they're doing what God wants them to do. No. Sorry, it's a part of God's plan, yes. And so we've got to make sure that we understand that God's got a plan for each and every one of us. And so we have to abide by his plan. We have to pray, Lord, we're going to pray for our leadership that you that you change their mind, you change their heart to God. Let them be like Pharaoh and let their people, let 
your people go. Let your let your way be known. God, let your face be shown wherever we are. Let prayer become back in school. Let that you be a prominent place in everything that we are, everything that we do, so that your will be done. But we already know that the devil wants to prolong God's return, wants it to make sure that he doesn't have a an end time because he doesn't want to go to the lake of fire. So the, the devil is involved in even the political systems to keep us divided, to keep us separated, to keep us moving away from God's agenda and but moving on to their own political agenda. Let's keep moving. Let's talk about what the, even what some of the political parties talk about. What is what are their highlights? The American Independent Independent Party. This is taken directly from Easy to Vote or easyvoter.org. This is what they're talking about, the political parties, and this is coming right out of their material, right off of the American Independent Party of California.org site. We believe in liberty and justice for all under God. We want to keep America independent and safe. We'll protect the family marriage and work. We believe in individual responsibility and free enterprise. We must obey our constitution and promote declaration of independent principles. Well, sounds good, right? It's got God in it. Hmm. Sounds good. According to California's numbers, their membership says it's 390,000 members. Their top priorities are to protect the right to life and strength of families or strengthen families, secure the border and enforce immigration laws and balance the state budget all right we're going to get back to the other ones though, as we finish the segment i promise you we're going to get through all of this stuff on our last segment to give us some more some tools to to get some tools to work in this is craig carlisle and this is the raising men show we're in the series political party week two's topic is political agenda we'll be right back we're going to continue to talk about what those party agendas are what their topics are and we'll be right back. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you really want to party with me, you got it. This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to live and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1088. All right, we're going to get through this. We've only got 12 minutes or less to get. make sure we're there and making some points. So the Democratic Party, this is what we believe. What's, no, what's the same way as Lord, we cancel those words. So this is what the Democratic Party believes in. Democrats believe the role of the government is to provide quality education for all citizens and protect their rights, including a woman's right to choose and ensure a stable, prosperous, safe nation with a strong, expanding economy benefiting all Americans. Their top priorities are expand jobs, 
through economic investment, improve access to affordable health care in wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, according to California's numbers on this website here, which is the California Democratic uh, California D or CADM.org, which is California Democratic Republican, you know, Democratic Party from California, blah, 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 blah. They believe that there are memberships of about 7.5 million members. The Green Party, Greens stand for peace, social and economic justice, nonviolence, grassroots democracy, respect for diversity, women's rights, and protection of the environment. Greens advocate valued practices that protect the planet its people, and promote peace. The top priority for Greens is living wages, health care, education for all, clean energy and environment, election reform, and accountability. And this is, of course, off the cagreens.org website. And according to the website, they have 113,000 California members. Libertarians. The Libertarian Party is your best choice for reasonable government. If you're socially tolerant and fiscally responsible, you're a libertarian. You, not the government, should decide how you how to run your life, checkbook, and ed- education, and family. The top priorities for a libertarian is to increase individual liberty and responsibilities, shrink government, reduce taxes, liberate education, commerce, and personal choice. According to the uh, ca.lp.org website, they have 87,000 members in California. Peace and freedom. We stand for equal rights and a good standard of living for all Ameri- for everyone. Sorry, We want to protect our earth, promote peace, and defend our rights. Let's practice democracy and cooperation. We can use our country's wealth to make life better for everyone. The top priorities for, the lib- for peace and freedom are bring all troops home now, provide good jobs at higher pay, tax the rich, and give health care. Oh, sorry, tax the rich to give health care, housing, and education to all. According to the Peace and peaceandfreedom.org website, it's 57,000 members in California. The Republican Party. The Republican Party is committed to improving our quality of life in every part of California. We are working to achieve this by creating jobs, improving schools, keeping communities safe, and improving the state's health care and environment. Top priorities for the Republicans in California or Republican Party in California is to promote an economic, sorry, promote an economy that creates new jobs, reform education and pension systems, protects tax, protect taxpayers from, protects taxpayers, force governments to prove to be accountable. Got it. Sorry. A little trouble with that one. It read kind of funny. According to the CAGOP.org website, there's 5.2 million Republicans in the state of California. So according to, you know, when you see the the elections results and you see California being a blue state versus because it's a blue state by voter registration, it'll be blue according to their memberships. This is those number of people who are registered to vote in California at the moment that this was created. And I don't have a, an update date on this, but this is from the easyvoter.org website. I'm sure every state has got some type of information about this. Check it out. Check your area. See what you're see what you're looking at when you're dealing with the political agenda of the political parties. How are they going to try to swing you? Because I'm sure everything I read in each one of these write-ups for my state in particular, it's got something that makes sense. It's got something that would lend itself to my sensibility. Something that would kind of tickle my ear to make me think, yeah, 
you know, if you believe in liberty and justice for all under God, I, I can be a, an American independent. You know, if I wanted to you know, believe in quality education for all citizens, hmm, key word is citizens, I would want that. If I wanted to stand for peace and social economic justice, especially being an, a black person right now and dealing with nonviolence and some issues, I would, I would want to be a Green Party. If I wanted reasonable government, wanted to be socially tolerant and fiscal responsibility, I damn doggone sure would want to be a libertarian. But if I stand for equal rights and good standard of living for everyone, I'd be mindful of the word everyone that's not dealing with my citizenship. Am I a citizen of the United States or not? I would want to be a member of the Peace and Freedom. Also, finally, if I wanted to improve the quality of life in every part of California, if I wanted to create, have you know, jobs created, improving schools and keeping communities safe and improving my state's health care and the environment, then I doubt I sure would want to be a Republican. Every party has got something to push towards you, an agenda to make us look their way. Churches we go to, groups and clubs and organizations we are members of, social media influencers that we follow. They all have things that want to pull us in that area. But the, the, the key, though, is that we've got to get back to what does the Holy Spirit say? What is in that? What is that political agenda there? What does the Lord want us to do? And how does he want us to lead and, and govern our lives accordingly? Wanting us to be of this world, but not in this world. And, hmm, let's deal with those scriptures then. John fifteen nineteen. if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But become, but because you are not of this world, I chose you out of this world. Therefore, the world hates you. John 17, 14, 16 says, I have given them your world, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do ask that you I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. That they are not of this world, just as I am not. And then ask Jesus speaking to God in this point, asking for us to be protected. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, to put off the old self in which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, the last one I'm going to read here is 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us 
how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you were doing that you do so more and more. So when we think about our lives and we think about what we're doing as we're coming to a critical point in our last four years for the next four years and think about what the Lord would have us to do on proposition, alphabet soup and numerical value, we have to pray and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do here? Where are you and all of these things? And, and govern our mind as we select and we pencil, as we punch and as we drop off and we do. And Lord, will you make a way so that the voters are able to get to the polling places and place their votes and ballots and that things may not be held up in any way, God. I, and I continue to pray for our leadership, the one that we have and the ones that you would continue to allow to be in place so that we may be able to be one with you, Father, and I, I bless their hearts and minds so that they may seek you in all that they do, not just because they may be leaving an office at that time asking for forgiveness for the things that they know that they did, but God, I pray for their minds, for those that are new, that are coming in, that are either being renewed or coming in fresh and anew, that they may be looking towards you, that you may prick their heart. God, I, I pray that you do like Pharaoh did, and we, we prayed that the children of Israel prayed then that you would change their hearts even now to be more like you, that will be bringing peace and freedom to your people, to, to your land, Lord God, that you would continue because your word says, if, oh, if my people who are called by my name would just humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, then you would be able to and seek your face, God, then you'll be able to hear from heaven. And you will heal our land, Father. And it's not just to get rid of some COVID numerical value or some other sickness, God. But we're praying that you come and heal our hearts and our minds as a people, God. One people, your people, your chosen people, God. That we would come and seek you and join arms and lock arms with you because you've done it before in Acts 2. You you were able to give the disciples an opportunity to talk and pray with the people in there. And they were all able to hear each other in their own tongue. So just like you changed the tongue in Genesis, God, you have the way to renew the tongue and restore it so we all can finally hear each other again and understand understand God understand what you want us to do as a people as a group as a body of Christ so we're no longer divided amongst each other anymore segregated and subdued <sighs> see you all next week as we continue this same study WKBY 1080 AM we keep blessing you